Welcome to South London Hardcore. I'm Jack McEnroy. My co-host is Steve Walsh. Hello. Our guest this week is David White from Avery Hill Publishing. Hello. Uh, we're currently in Oxley's Woods. Is that right? Yeah. I don't think we know, do we? Yeah. I think we are. I think we've only, we're only we're done a little wander down from uh, the castle. Yeah, Castlewood, Oxley's Wood, one of the two. The broad, the broad brush of Oxley's Wood. We're going to be walking around these woods, uh, going up Seven Drood Castle and ending up at Avery Hill Park for a bit of a country walk on the southeast London borders. A site of special scientific interest. I have to apologise for my voice, Steve, do I? I think we should address uh, this issue. I mean, Just I because talk- like, people I'm are going to be like... talking differently. People <laughs> are going to think that me or Dave, or maybe both of us, someone's saying to punch you in the throat, and that never happened. No. <laughs> you know what, yesterday, Xavier woke me up at maybe six by drop-kicking me directly in the throat. <laughs> like... But I woke up. <coughs> Kids just like kicking. But the question is, did it wake you up? Yeah. Effectively. 100% effectiveness. Right, right, yeah. That's what she's learned. She's still developing. My she's still learning strategies. Clock. And she's like, you know, I've tried, uh, you know, rubbing daddy's head and yeah. shaking his shoulder. Tried to kick him in the stomach. I'm going to kick him directly work. in the throat. That didn't work. Cut out of the middle one. No regard for dad's to... uh, podcast career, but, but he's awake. Jake he's and Neverland Pirates is on. I don't know how this telly switch is on. <laughs> Let's kick dad in the throat. Terrible stuff. We'll get some plugs out of the way quickly, Steve. Visit southlondonhardcore.com for more 120-plus episodes. Also on iTunes, Twitter, at SLHC. I'm at Yid. Steve is at Vents Wales. Dave is at, at Tiny Dancing. More from Dave and Avery Hill Publishing later in the show. If you're shopping on Amazon, please use the South London Hardcore link because it's our main source of income. Funds us uh, going up derelict castles. and Restored. Like, restored. Restored yeah. castles, yeah. yeah. Um, and every time you spend £10 or more, you can get a South London Hardcore badge. One drawn by Owen Pomery, Pedro Louis, uh, Molokisha. Have a look on our website if you want to see what they look like. And uh, spend £10 or get your friend to spend £10. We'll get some money. You'll get a badge. Also time for a little shout-out to uh, Chris from Chicago. Yeah, our furthest listener. Our furthest travelled visitor to uh, I was at work yesterday and uh, this fella comes up to me and goes are you Steve Walsh and I said yes and went I'm Chris from Chicago I was like Chris from Chicago we've had email contact you know what I mean Shytown. it's exciting well, yeah. to have you know and, uh, the thing I love uh, most about Chris is the fact that he has no pre-existing links or history with South East London he just loves the podcast <laughs> he just enjoys the podcast of what it is well he was coming over uh, just on a family trip but while he was there for you know we're, we're always mentioning gosh it people know where to find me if you've got any issues with things I've said on the show come and hunt you me know, down. just come, come and get me but um, yeah came in just to uh, say hello what a lovely uh, lovely thing to do cheers Chris so today Seven Drew Castle reopens and we're waiting for our appointment time to go up the top of it quite busy yeah to see. bit of a family fun day isn't it I think that's the atmosphere they're, they're, they're trying to create. The trouble is, when you arrive, you have to go through, like, military. <laughs> it's kind of like a checkpoint. But the like thing is, it's, it's not soldiers, it's army cadets. So it's, yeah. like, uh, it's like indolent teenage military. So they're just yeah. sort of, like, slouched against the wall. There's or one just kid sat. with his head in his hands. <laughs> just in a very teenage way. Yeah. yeah. Sullen-faced youths in ill-fitting camouflage. <laughs> yeah. Clothing, yeah. Scouts as well, recruiting. Yeah, with some interesting promotional material. <laughs> I wouldn't send my children to be looked after by those people, but you know. <laughs> On the record now. 
Um, but obviously, the thing that caught our attention immediately was Paul Portburgers for uh, two pound fifty. Yeah, I mean that's ridiculous value, isn't it? If yeah, I wasn't on a diet, Steve, I'd be all over that. I'd, I'd, like Oprah on a baked ham. <laughs> <laughs> As I did have lunch before I came, but I'm thinking again and again for £2.50 yeah, you can't go wrong can you no. yeah. and this is why you need to use the Amazon link and buy a t-shirt from southlandhardcore.spreadshirt.co.uk otherwise we'll have to buy our own lunch <laughs> <laughs> the other noticeable thing loads of big dogs yeah, yeah not yeah. just dogs and I said that to you Dave didn't I, I said uh, big dogs isn't there and you're like woods woods big dog country isn't it yeah it's where you it? take your big oh, yeah. dogs, and yeah, because yeah, they can yeah. they can just yomp Rome. it, can't they? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You get one of them little toy dogs; they've disappeared. They're, they're, they're in a hole. <laughs> it's true. You put a poodle down in this grass, you never see it again. Yeah, it's you? gone. It's gone. Eaten yeah. by a wolf. To be warned, you know. <laughs> That's thunder. Uh, what sounds like interference is uh, heavy rain, and we're soaked, aren't we? Um, my shoes are soaking wet. Dave's forward the Hamlet t-shirt. Oh, my arms, my arms. Yeah, yeah, your hairy arms. My hairy are, arms, yeah. Uh... Waiting. <laughs> we've come quite a way. So to go back to where we began, Seven Drew Castle. Uh, we went on a guided tour. It's £2.50 to go all the way to the top. £20 if you want a year pass. And it didn't disappoint, did it? No, it's well worth £2.50, isn't it? Yeah, the, um, the tour bit felt like a bit of an add-on, but it's worth it. With a view alone, I'd say. Large parts of the tour were, oh, we're waiting for the next group of people to finish upstairs. Let me tell you more about Lady James. Yeah, we, we're not sure what this room was used for, but we need to be here for five to seven minutes <laughs> so we can get it upstairs. But like I and said, they've got like informational panels on the wall. Yeah, no, no. It's, and it's then, well the, but then the guides are just sort of repeating that essentially. A bit more detail, but unnecessary detail. Right? Yeah, it's facilitating groups up and down the, yeah. the, the tower, but until you get to the top, which was which was well worth the two fifty alone, I'd say. The, the views were incredible. You know, the, the Millennium Dome jumped right out of you and that big kind of wide stretch of river next to it as well. But it's just, it's more the fact that you can see everything. Yeah. Like everything that you can think of on the skyline, even as far as Wembley Stadium, uh, the Olympic Stadium in Stratford, and all the obvious stuff, it's all there. You know, you can look to your left and you can see Crystal Palace. And The Shard is £25. The view, but you can't imagine it's going to be a ten times better view than <laughs> what you're getting from the top of Seven Drew Castle. Get an annual pass at Seven Drew Castle, you've got a fiver to spend on lemon sorbet and a fruit booster. Right, more on Seven Drew Castle, but I feel we need to go inside because this isn't this isn't stopping, is it? This is this is here to stay. It looks like every time we sort of go, it, it, can, it can't get more intense. It gets a little more intense, <laughs> doesn't it? Have you noticed that? Bruising rain, isn't it? We found shelter in the harvester across the road from Falconwood Station. Where were we though? Let's go back to the folly. Seven Drew Castle. Do you want to tell people where they get the name Seven Drew from, Steve? Is it because you can see seven counties from up the top? See, I might have uh, misread the seven counties thing because I, I, I pointed read that somewhere. But I said it's you and you immediately found it because as you pointed out, in one direction, you're getting one county on you. Yeah, like, no, I mean, that is uh, that is the stat that they say. Yeah. But yeah, what made me think it might be wrong is if you look my, 20 miles into the distance, the furthest thing you can see is Wembley Stadium. <laughs> and that's also in Greater London, the county, <laughs> the county that we're in. That's one. <laughs> Kent, Surrey, Sussex, Middlesex at a push, maybe. Wessex. Wessex. Don't, I don't know where Wessex is. Essex? David, yeah, Essex, I don't know. Seven, maybe. Is that where we get... Whoa. 
Is that where we get the name Seven Drew from then, Steve? Now, Seven Drew comes from the... Well, well, it's always described as a pirate fortress in India. The Commodore James, was that his uh, title? Yeah, that was, yeah. Uh, captured on behalf of the East India Company. And after his death, his wife had the folly built in his memory and decorated the interior with paintings of the battle, souvenirs of Seven Drug as a place, and just a general uh, tribute to his life and work. They called it a pirate fortress in the tour, even though they've got a whole panel where they explain probably isn't a pirate fortress. You did. Well, you let the volunteer know, Steve. I said to her, she came over and I was like, it's not really a pirate fortress, is it? And she was like, well, he'd sort of broken away from the Raj at this point. But that's still, I think, a better claim to some place in India than the East Indian Company, which are pirates and are on behalf of the British Empire to capture places to bring money back to London. Piracy is a bit strong. I think, I think there's, if there's any pirates there, it's the people that have gone halfway across the world to steal something. Surely, I don't know, rather than the people who are living there, whether or not the, the bloke in charge of the country wants them to be living in that particular place. So 63 feet high, added onto the 432 feet of Shoots Hill, which is the tallest point, uh, the highest point in South London. So it's 500 feet above what sea level. Yeah, I'll tell uh, what did you think about the architecture, Steve? Richard Jacquinet. Well, not very notable, but... Works as, on as, as, uh, oh, it works on Guys Hospital, Works yeah. on Guys Hospital, so not, uh, which isn't a great architectural feat in the original building, but is of interest to us, yeah, right. being, uh, a South London building that we talked about previously on the show. Well, yeah, it's triangular with hexagonal turrets. Yeah. It's quite I think it looks great. Building. It's incredible, yeah. yeah. And it's Even a, on the inside, I mean, they've, made, they've done it up. Yeah. You know, they do it a little paint and stuff, original flooring, and you can hire it out for 1,200 quid for five hours, which compared to some other places is quite reasonable. But it's very nice inside. It's nice, but it's not big. Like you No, can it's hire not a great it. use of space. You can hire it for a wedding as long as you're not too popular. Do you know what I mean? If you've got a lot of mates, don't bother. Yeah, outside. 10, 15 people a floor. This is the thing, Quite yeah. comfortable. Yeah. Some people Don't you room. need everyone on the same floor at a wedding, though, yeah. ideally? You're a traditionalist, Jack. <laughs> Does anyone have any objections? You just hear a banging on the floor. <laughs> Some of a broom, innit? <laughs> Quite an interesting recent history, isn't it? Like, in 1988, the council closed it down because they didn't have any money. Conservative council, was it? Mm. Yeah, always in the And so, for... What's that? Twenty-five years, twenty-six years has been a derelict folly. A peered on restoration. Yeah, didn't but win, what they so. just gave up. But then, how does it work? Restoration. You, you basically you nominate a building, the public vote to see which one should be saved, and then the the BBC essentially steps in with some money and restores the building, or at least sort of like helps towards. But it's also good, you know. There's a, a I think there's a, a decent record of other buildings that are featured on there just getting enough publicity to help yeah it raises profile yeah absolutely and that sort of seems to give a new impetus to get this restoration programme on the go have you seen Restoration Dave? yeah no no it's it's an interesting programme I think it's a great show because it's one of those where it's like well only one can win type thing yeah that's the problem and it's really tough because they've all got they're really compelling buildings really compelling stories behind them all Um, but there's just not enough money to go around but you know as you say from from off the back of that one I think it reignited interest in in Seven Drug and took a while but but it is it's significant because of the type of buildings. There, you know, how many, you know, nineteenth-century uh, follies have we got in South London? Do you know what I mean, it's, it, it, it's so architecturally significant in terms of 
why it was built, how it was built, when it was built. These are all significant. And as I said, a great job of restoration and by giving it a sort of, you know, they've reopened tea rooms on the ground floor, which is a canny move because that helps like fund the yeah, further. You know, liminatus. the first thing, one of the first things we notice once you get closed open is there's still graffiti on the outside. Because yeah. they've obviously focused on restoring the get interior. Get it open, yeah, right. Get it open. And get I it think into... they've got a lot of graffiti to their credit. If you see some of the photos, it was like plastered with right, graffiti. Right, yeah. And the thing is, is the graffiti's not easy to get no, off, is no. it? With, and if you want to keep... You know, the, I mean, say some of that, some of some of that graffiti's probably been there for twenty five years. You know, and they want to, they need to get off without wrecking a listed building. But I mean, it's great what they've done with the place, and it's well worth a visit, man. And like, like, I didn't necessarily 50. think, you know, I was telling people about it. You know, oh, we got to on the weekend. I'll go to Seven Drew Castle. I didn't necessarily think it was going to be something that would be worth visiting for other people, but well worth a, a visit for family. I'm a bit worried about the plans for further restoration, though, because there's one bit where we're talking about the interior detail. And when we're saying, like, this isn't actual gold leaf on uh, the decorative elements around the edges. But, you know, one day if we get enough money, I'm like, don't, get, don't do gold leaf, innit? No. It looked fine, right. didn't it? I mean, yeah, there's actually fine, yeah, it? no great. need to spend that extra money on, yeah, no. on that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's an interesting story. It's an interesting building. But to then make something interesting to visit as well. And then, for me, it was the viewing platform. Just, just when you yeah. go up those steps, onto the viewing platform... I think they were saying that's still all original kind of setup of wood and so on the wooden steps up quite steep yeah. to get up onto it so you do emerge out onto the you know you go up yeah that high. final step yeah. is quite special isn't it it does sort of like transform your entire uh, feeling about the place yeah and it just opens up and you're above the tree canopy as well which yeah. is just an interesting feeling as well that's the thing like in the distance you've got this wonderful view on the horizon but then directly in front of you, I said to you, it's like it's like a sort of rainforest canopy. Yeah. And as I said, that some parakeets landed in front of us, so it really sort of like helped the look of the thing. It's great. Should we talk some more about Oxley's Woodlands, which say includes Oxley's Wood, Jackwood, Shepherdleeds Wood, and Castlewood? I think. That's it. Yeah. Seventy-seven hectares. All right. Pronunciation, Steve. That's the pronunciation. Yeah. Uh, Eight thousand years old, and uh, oak. Silver birch, hornbeam, coppice hazel. How many of those did you notice? Were you ticking them off with your uh, AA field guide? I think if pushed, I could identify an oak leaf. No, yeah, never, never been a tree guy. Never been a tree guy. So it started as a royal manor uh, in Elwood, linking to the palace, presumably. Yeah. So as I said before, it's a designated SSSI. <laughs> a site of special scientific interest for those reasons so between 1983 and 1993 they've been trying to put a road through it basically and it's a bit of a case study now of how to stop roads going through woods yeah it would be a tragedy wouldn't it I mean it's uh, such dense woodland you know there is the bit you know considering where it is you know uh, very urban either side of it but when you're in the middle of the woods there are bits where it's entirely away from any sort of traffic or built up areas yeah it, it feels old you yeah, know, the, yeah the kind of you do feel like you're away from it um, and I, 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 I was saying when we were walking around my aunt and uncle lived, lived backing on to um, Jackwood for, for a long time and I remember that the planning you know being, being raised and suggesting it was going to go through there and there was a there was a huge amount of local opposition to it. PARC, 
people against river crossing. There you go. There you go. You know, what a lucky acronym. <laughs> yeah, right. Also significant for being a spot that Alan Moore and Steve Moore would walk through and talk about mm-hmm. and talk in and, and plan and plot. So, you know, it's one of those, hopefully in years to come, will be more widely spoken about. But it, I think people will hopefully, you know, come to realise the significance of their relationship and the significance of that place to that relationship. Yeah, I mean, the previous time that Oxley's Wood was mentioned on South Run Hardcore was episode 50-something, when we had Alan Moore on. No, when we had Alan Moore on the show. I don't want to say Alan Moore on, do I? <laughs> <laughs> um, a great episode, not because of anything you or I did, Steve, but just such a pleasure and you highly recommended listening. And obviously, unearthing as well, uh, Alan Moore's spoken word piece. Uh, well recorded recording about Steve Moore yeah he says that uh, Algernon Blackwood was born in Oxfordswood do you want to elaborate on that there's a strong literary tradition and definite geographical link to the place as well as I say, Alan Moore and Steve Moore would walk through the woods and talk about things, and you know, their relationship is important to how both of them worked. But you can see it, a prototype of that in Algernon Blackwood. He's born in Shooters Hill in 1869 and goes on to become one of the most famous writers of ghost stories or weird fantasy, whatever you want to sort of classify it as. But what's interesting about his work is where he wrote about the supernatural it wasn't horror stories in the sense of trying to scare you it wasn't about trying to make you jump he was fascinated by the supernatural himself he was a member of the ghost club which was the first sort of exploratory group into the paranormal that was found in London and a member of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Door Horniman so there's yeah, a, a strong South London connection there as well so he would study and this is where you can draw so many parallels with Alan Moore's working life he was a man who, who studied the supernatural and was fascinated by the supernatural and saw it as a tool for writing and as an inspiration but as I say when he wrote his stories the idea wasn't to scare you he wanted to inspire a sense of awe a feeling that there's, there's more around you than you might realise and supernatural in the sense of looking at nature but looking at forces greater than nature or within nature that just haven't been revealed to us his most famous story is, is called The Willows and it basically follows a person like travelling along a river on a boat who sort of realises that nature around him might be conscious and aggressive. So starts to feel that the sun is not just beating down on him but trying to burn him and like the wind is like cutting across and, and attacking. But the most significant thing is the willows that hang over the river and he feels them sort of like initially draping over but then grabbing towards. So it is a case of, and you know, uh, Blackwood was a man fascinated by nature and the outdoors, right? It's like a keen skier and mountaineer, and would happily spend hours sort of tramping through uh, woodlands. And you, you've got to imagine that's something that came from growing up in Oxleyswood. I mean, you know, we went there today and were, you know, overwhelmed by how wild it was. You can only imagine what it's like, you know, a couple of hundred years ago. And as I say, it informs his work. Uh, throughout his life is he a magician as well? 
Well, yeah, he's a member of the Golden Dawn, so yeah, he's, right. he's someone who... But as I say, Chaos magician... No, no, it's very... Uh, yeah, it's ritual-based and about, you know, uh, evocation, invocation. As I say, similar form to, to Alamore. And it, it is linked to consciousness. In the course of your research, did either of you come across e-shootershill.co.uk? No. That's a very oh, much a domain name from the uh, early models in it. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's loads of stuff on there, really good site. And I came across this cutting from the sketch newspaper. Uh, do you know it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a 19th century periodical. 1899, so you just in Steve. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a clipping called The Splendour of the Modern Actor about an American actor called Nat C. Goodwin and his actress wife, Maxine Elliott. And they lived in Jackwood and they had this huge house. And it's just like a kind of at-home article, the sort of thing you see in Hello. And uh, But they in this house in Jackwood, they've got all this... Like Native American paraphernalia. So, have you ever heard of Big Mouth? He's like a famous Indian chief. Right. His his brother was called Blue Horse. They've got like his headdress, like that's in the shot and stuff. But it's just a kind of fascinating little. Just the fact that these American couple were both like renowned actors living in this wood. And it's it's, we can look at it as a sort of psychogeographic thing, isn't it? Odd things emerging from there, like the work of Blackwoods and Steve Moore and then it also becoming a magnet for the weird as well it's a wild place away you know we're on the border here between London and Kent and it is on these sort of borderlands that odd ideas either emerge or find a home so we came through Oxley's wood into Oxley's meadows didn't we Uh, there's a reservoir underneath I believe and then we came up to the camp what would you call that, Dave? Oxley's Meadows Cafe. Yeah, the, 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 the famous Oxley's Cafe. It's been there for, for, for a long time. Um, but we were not expecting the scene we came across, no, were we? No, it was, you know, you talk about you know walking through dense woodland and then emerging out into <laughs> something unexpected. That was pretty unexpected. Yeah, the uh, the South East London detonators, Hot Rod Rumble. Yeah. So it's a load of... Not just motorbikes, like classic cars as well. American people that like American things. It was a, a load of Volkswagens as well, actually. A rockabilly pie. Rockabilly, really, yeah. yeah. Like there's people with like 1950s American haircuts and yeah. uh, dungarees, like tattoos of of like uh, checkered flags on their necks. When I turned up my Levi's, you know, try and blend in. There, there was a Southern Harcourt t-shirt kind of fits as well. I think there was a bit of tension before you did that, weren't there? Because we just rocked up. Yeah, and I, but you did that, and I think they were like, "Yeah, no." They just relax a little. Do you think they were accepting of us? At that yeah, point? at that point, exactly that point. I think did someone call us partner? Yeah, no, they? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was quite a scene, wasn't it? And then this rockabilly band kicked off, like double bass, and it was interesting to go from one gathering of people for a specific social event, and then go like literally fifteen minutes across some woodlands to another social and it's such a contrast between those two groups isn't it? more woodland follow didn't it across the A2 yeah we went for Oxley's Woods proper the, 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 which is the biggest part of the, all the woods joined together uh, and we got down to the A2 just as the fun started to rumble we thought we were alright didn't we for a while like the trees the kind of sort of saved us we tried to lie to ourselves and say that the first rumble was possibly a hot rod starting up <laughs> but I soon realised that either the hot rod was getting closer yeah, yeah. or it was thunder 
it's the hot rod in the sky, isn't it? <laughs> but it was quite nice because even when it first started to rain, we were quite confident that we could stop because the canopy was so dense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, wasn't right. much rain. And even towards the end, as we were coming out of the woods, you could feel that it was very intense rain outside. There still wasn't a great deal going through. Obviously, then we walk out into a biblical deluge, didn't we? Yeah, it was... You know, as heavy a rainstorm I've ever been It's the heaviest rain I've been in, I think. Yeah, sustained for that period of time. I might have seen heavier while in the shop at Gosh, just watching, you know, bedraggled people walking through the door. It's the the heaviest rain I've been in woods (laughs) doing a podcast. Doing a podcast (laughs) with with completely inappropriate clothing for, for such... For such rain. Yeah, the Cardi, Dave. Yeah, no, the Cardi came out. The Cardi's drying out next to me as we speak. Did you spend much time as a youngster in these woods? Yeah, yeah, loads of time. Where uh, did you grow up? Plumstead, which is kind of ten, bit, bit longer, twenty-minute walk from from the top of the woods. Uh, but I had an aunt and uncle that lived, as I said, backing onto Jackwood. So. Um, whenever we used to come over, their, their back door literally, their, their garden literally opens out into the woods. So, do they have to mow all of it? I mean, that doesn't seem fair. Gingerbread houses. Gingerbread houses. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not the nicest people. Um, <laughs> but yeah, absolutely, it was over all the time. And the uh, Oxley's Meadow, where you've got the cafe at the top, it's a big sweeping hill down. Uh, it's, it's quite big. I'm going to call it now, and I realise that this may cause. Uh, quite a bit of outrage on on social media, but I think it's the best sledging hill in South London. What is that when you, you cast another cricket? No. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's the best hill for doing that. Yeah, no, cause, well, all oh, right. Yeah, so no, just no. Because I'm throw down on a he- on a sledge. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I reckon. No, no, I'm, what are the I'm options? Rockwell Park. Not quite as steep, is it? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good shout, Dave. Listen, I mean, let us know. Yeah, what you've watched, what's your favourite sledging? It's, it's July. Like I mean, it's about time we shout out <laughs> exactly. the sledging spots. Let's get in early for uh, you know. So you've been down there on a sledge, yeah? Yeah, yeah. You know, as a kid, well, it, it was it was one of those because it's it's fairly big. You can go a long way, and it was fairly perilous uh, because you get dads who were far more into it than their kids, just bombing down, <laughs> knocking kids left, right, and centre. It was, it was a fairly perilous activity. Oh, hops, it? Yeah, absolutely. But no, it was, it, was, it was perfect for that kind of thing. And it would be, you'd have hundreds of people up there um, all centering around, like the cafes, the centre, that'd be open, serving food and stuff like that. But then during the summer as well, it was beautiful. It was it's, it's perfect kind of playground for kids. Well, as you led us away from the cafe back onto the Capital Ring for the rest of the walk, Jack had a little moment, didn't you, where you wanted to go towards that slope? Yeah, you wanted to go. Yeah, right. Piece, That's where you wanted to go. You wanted to. <laughs> I was you were drawn we, to it. Well, we were on that walk, and the trouble is, you look at a map, and it's just a green space. Yeah, it? yeah. And we got to like this opening. You know, you, I mean, I've walked through many, many woods in my life. Well, I've walked through a few woods, but you get to when you get to that opening, it's such a beautiful thing. So you know, to be back out, you know, or out of the woods, you know, hence the phrase. And, and but, I think that's, that's quite interesting about it because there are those moments where you emerge out like the Terrace Gardens in Jackwood which mm. we happened upon um, where you're yeah, beautiful, you know and it's moments like and that it opens out and then you're back in again yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted that path I wanted the but no that's what the podcast wanted, led us in back into the yeah. darkness yeah. <laughs> it's probably for the best because a rain was coming we've been through Elton Park North and come out into Avery Hill Park, which is quite different, isn't it, to the others? It's not woody. Well, we came through some woods, but a huge vista, isn't it? Yeah, it just feels more like meadows, doesn't it? 
what is this building we're in, we're outside of? We sit outside the Winter Gardens, the Overhill Winter Gardens, which are attached to the mansion, what used to be the house, and it was built and as, as an attachment too. Uh, and they house all kinds of interesting plants in there. It's a beautiful building, isn't it? It's one of those cases where you've got trees in the way. So it originally belonged to Colonel John North, the Nitrate King. <laughs> How about that? He's a Batman villain. <laughs> got anything else on him, Steve? Because I haven't. No. I mean, you can come along, actually, on the 26th of July, Park Fest, Avery Hill Park. You ever been? I've never been to a park fest. No, no, but it's a good opportunity to get around these uh, around this way, isn't it? It is, This it? coming Saturday. Yeah, the gardens are open most weekends. Uh, you just have to check the opening hours because um, they're, 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 they're tended by people who are happy to take you around and tell you about what's in there and stuff. But uh, park fest sounds like a, an ideal opportunity. The building now belongs to the University of Greenwich, is that right? It does, yeah. The, the, the house um, has been taken over by the university. The Winter Gardens haven't. Um, but this is pretty much one of Greenwich University's major campuses. They've got a big, if we look down the hill from where we are, sitting outside the Winter Gardens, there's, uh, there are big halls of residence. Um, and, yeah, this is one of their main uh, faculty buildings as well. Dave is half of Avery Hill Publishing. Two-thirds, I reckon. Two-thirds. <laughs> Historically two-thirds. <laughs> he's gone from one-third to a half, so I don't know how much credit we can give him. Uh, Dave and his uh, partner, slash partners, were on Southland Hardcore, episode 79, which you can find on southlandhardcore.com, obviously. And we went into great depth about uh, grabbing your name from Avery Hill, etc. So we won't go into all that, Dave. But you got updates for us, didn't you? We've just uh, released our summer selection of books, four in total, by the likes of uh, Simon Morton. We've got a book Days. Book. Days, yeah. It's a collection of his work. Simon Morton, who I think is a spitting image of uh, local celebrity, Ginger Baker. It's just <laughs> like him, man, all, all across his face. <laughs> I can see that. Uh, yeah, so that's We're that. most likely to just take From head to chin. <laughs> that's what we first attracted us to uh, Simon's work. Because <laughs> um, he draws like Ginger Baker as well. Yeah, so that's, that's a collection of Simon's work. That's a, that's, that's a big book we've put together. We've just put out uh, a book called The Beginner's Guide to Being Outside by Gillian Hatcher as well. Jill's done a lot of work with Team Girl Comics in the past, so she's quite well known in the small press scene. But that's a beautiful book. That's all ages as well. Probably our first proper all ages book. So that's, that, that's you know, we designed that one to be... Um, our first foray into, into kids' literature as well. Ricky Miller and Julia Shaler have put out a first issue of a, a comic called Metroland, which Ricky, who I do, do Avery Hill with, that's his, his, his little baby that he's been working on for a, for a long time. Yeah, he talks about it on the um, episode when you were yeah, on the show. Yeah, he does, And at yeah. that point, it was in quite a different form, wasn't it? It's showing up in Avery Hill anthologies, yeah, drawn it, by different people. He'd been but... trying to do different things with it, but this is he's pulled it together as... Uh, as, as a single issue where it's going to be a five issue miniseries in total it's sort of Do, redux isn't it it's it is yeah start yeah. relaunch taking the same concepts and idea but with uh, a single artistic vision yeah absolutely the, the, the thing that tying it together now is Julia's art which is fantastic is Julia also the colourist yeah yeah she's doing she's the yeah, whole lot she's done fine work hasn't she oh, it's amazing it's amazing it's absolutely fantastic and there's backup strips in there as well um but yeah, it's a time travel story. There are time travel elements, so <clears throat> everything he did before, 
could be thought to contribute. It just depends on how, how you come out. But that's, that's going to be a five-issue limited series. The first one's come out. And we just relaunched our Comics Anthology Reads as well, which has got four stories in it from the likes of Owen Pomery, friend of the show, uh, yeah, Tim Bird. Megatherium Club is back. The person that's been on the show. Tim, uh, Tim Bird, <laughs> acquaintance of the show. Yeah, yeah, uh, he had his chance. EDOP, um, strangers to the show. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and uh, Luke Housel's written a story as well. Ricky wrote a story for it as well. So... That's all come together and it's got an amazing cover by Eleni Kalakoti, who's uh, yeah, it's a, a great astonishing cover, illustrator. So yeah, we've put all those out recently. We had a launch the other week. It uh, went really well. Yeah, we're doing all right. Metroland has a strong South London setting as well, doesn't it? It well, does, the cover yeah. is on uh, the hill at Greenwich Park, is it not? Yeah, the, um, all the characters live in Vanbrugh Castle, which is uh, on Mays Hill, just next to Greenwich Park. Uh, where me and Ricky lived, um, not in Vanbrugh Castle, but we lived just up the road from there. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Next door to sitcom Castle. there, yeah, we're doing all right. <laughs> no, we're doing uh, obviously, if Michael Gosden's involved, <laughs> if it's going to be a sitcom, we need Michael as the you neighbour, neighbouring castle, or butler. Or Ricky, like uh, <laughs> Ricky tweeted the other day to say that the T34 tank we talked about on the Old Kent Road episode is making an appearance in yeah, the coming yeah, of, I believe uh, it is. As well, and so. excitingly, you know, as a big Owen Pomery fan. He's got a backup strip in issue two, I believe. Yes, yeah. Don't yeah. Want, is that am I allowed to talk about no, those, no, kind no, of, uh, no, those th- <laughs> news bombs? That, that, that's an exclusive. Yeah, Owen's doing a strip. Uh, Becky Strickland's doing a backup strip in the next one as well. So I think um, a lot of hearts skipped a beat though. He said Owen's doing a strip. Well of where? On top of a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> it's a money maker. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's plenty going on. It's, it's, all, it's all going down pretty well. AveryHillPublishing.com to you know see samples and to buy all those things. Yeah, all, all the links are there, all kind of reviews and stuff, so you can find out more about the books and more about the creators. So Mike Medallia, we never give Mike a shout out on the show, do we? We try not to. But uh, <laughs> Mike has got a book called Seasons. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, I don't know how would you describe it, Steve? It's a four-part Zen meditations on life's passage. Yeah, that's how I'd probably describe yeah, for, it. Four vignette type yeah. stories, short stories. Been described as a near masterpiece. I, I mean, autumn and winter it. are brilliant. You made a launch video in the Avery Hill Winter Gardens, and it's it's a great opportunity not not just to plug Mike's book, but I mean for people to see inside the gardens. No, well, right. what, what's your YouTube channel where people will find it? It's Avery Hill Publishing, so you just have to look for that on YouTube. Yeah, no, we thought about um, seasons being a theme. We launched it in the winter. Um, obviously the winter gardens uh, in Avery Hill all seem to add up plus the fact that they're temperate gardens so you know there's there's other environments in there so it all seemed to add up and we yeah Mike Mike uh, I just kind of hung around and, and pressed record when he told me to press record um, but yeah as, as well as Mike talking uh, he, he talks about his book and, and tells you what it's all about and in, in, in a far more eloquent way than I could um, it's also um, got a load of Shots of the of the gardens, so uh, it's quite interesting just just for that. Just mute it, really, isn't it? Just uh... yeah, I, I, I might do a little edited version um, where there's nothing about just comics or that suddenly it's zero Canadians. <laughs> Canadian content nil, plant content 100. percent If you would like a South London hardcore T-shirt uh, between the 5th of August and the 12th of August, you can get 20 percent off everything you buy, minimum order of 30 pounds by putting in the code SUMMER2014. If you follow us on Twitter, you'll see these offers regularly at SLHC. Also at SLHC on Instagram if you want to see some photos from our trip today. There's a new Dulwich Hamlet podcast called Forward the Hamlet, which we've produced. Uh, You can get from forwardthehamlet.com and the opening episode features interviews with Gavin Rose, the manager, Erhun as Tuma, 
Nairon Clunis as well as Mishi Marath, Richard Watts and Andy Thomas. So if you're interested at all in Dulwich Hamlet, it's essential listening. It's on iTunes as well if you want to find it.